Hey gang, welcome to The Hub, episode number four. My name is Derek Wyatt, and this is my chance to talk with the creative and talented people from the world of events. What kind of events, you may ask? Any kind of event, from weddings to quinceañeras, birthdays to retirement parties, prom to big corporate events. And it's my job on the podcast to talk with the people who make all of these events happen. So venue owners and managers, caterers, florists, photographers and videographers, bakers and DJs, anybody that might be able to give you some insight on how to run a better event. So if you're in charge of planning an event for yourself or a family member or a friend, this podcast is for you. Or maybe you're an artist yourself and you'd like some insight into the industry on how to grow your business. This podcast is definitely for you. And this podcast only exists because I'm a fan of the people and businesses who create art. I work at a company called Moments and Milestones. We offer event planning and photography. And I have the pleasure of working with some of the most talented artists in this city. I'm so honored to work alongside of them. And the fact is, I don't personally possess the kind of artistic talent that they do, so they keep me in the back behind a desk and I answer the phones. But I am a fan. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. Because I have a heart and a sincere admiration for artists and entrepreneurs. I love hearing about the journeys of them taking their creativity and making it into a career. Balancing being business owners and having real lives. About the tools they used to grow their business and still stay connected to their artistic passions. They are amazing. And it excites me to get to know them better. And so I'm using the excuse of having this podcast to hang out with ridiculously talented people and learn from them. So you guys learn from them too. Listen to what they have to say. Connect to it. Use their advice and learn from their mistakes and be encouraged by their stories. The purpose of sharing this podcast with you, the reason these people took the time to sit down and share their stories is for you. They want to encourage you to take their experience and use it to go make your own thing, to plan your event, start your business or create your art. Whatever it is you have inside of you, we want you to create it. Whatever it takes to get this dream from inside your heart to become a reality. And we would love to help. We are so happy to be a resource to you. So if you need more connection, you can find us online at www.momentsmilestones.com. And we have links to all of our social media there where we're easy to find. Uh, Okay, we've got a great episode coming up. I am very flattered to have sat down with the owner of one of the most successful mobile DJ companies in San Antonio for the last 30 plus years. That's right, over three decades Mr. Ron Peen has been the owner and president of Cutting Edge Entertainment. And this is somebody I could have talked to for another five freaking hours. I had to awkwardly wrap up the end of this conversation because I had so many more directions I could have gone. And then I went one of the directions, then I had to re-wrap it up. Uh, I could have just kept asking him questions. Uh, Look, you got to understand, it's one thing to get a company going, maybe gain a little momentum and even see a bit of success. It's a whole other thing to maneuver a company to continual growth and success year after year for 30 plus years. Through all of the fashion trends of this industry, the rise and fall of the economy, it takes continual hunger, continual introspection and planning on how to change and be better and stay sharp and always provide a high quality experience no matter what. No matter that this thing over here was cool and trendy when you got into the business and now this thing is the thing that everybody wants to have, You have to make sure your business is fluid and you have to be ready to change so that you stay relevant. All the while, making sure you don't compromise who you are as an artist 
or what your initial vision for the company was in the first place. That's just a talent that most people do not have. Some people are born to be artists. Some people are born to start companies. Some people are born to take those companies and lead them into greater success once they're started. Very, very few people can do all three of those things. So when I say it's a pleasure, I mean it. To pick this man's brain and begin to understand how he's done it and what tools he used to get him here and what advice he can offer to smaller companies like us who look up to people like him. So soak this in and please, as always, go find him on social media. Leave him a good review. Show him some love and your feedback. I am so very grateful that he shared so much with us. So please join me in showing your gratitude as well. Uh, okay, I hope you dig this. Here's my conversation with Mr. Ron Payne. People show their commitment slash colors quickly uh, before you really invest time into them. Exactly. And the, the the thing about the the part about it that really gets me is that they can never be honest. They say, "Yeah." So we go through all of this. We do the interview, and I, I get all the training dates together. It's like, okay, we're going to start on this day, and I block the time off and everything. And then I get an email saying, "No, oh, I don't think it's going to work with my schedule." And I'm like, okay, we've just been through all of this, and you <laughs> filled out an application. You took time to come, but I mean, you knew right from the beginning yeah. exactly what was involved. I mean, we what was the commitment? What was the yeah? Pay? It's every Saturday night. You have to be available every Saturday, um, and the the pay's in there and everything. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so how come all of a sudden, you know, you're now? So what was it that pushed you over the edge? Yeah. And it's like, are you scared? And I'm thinking that. Um, you know, when I accept them, they're like, oh, shit, I've been hired. Yeah. Now, yeah, what yeah, do I yeah. do now? Yeah. You know? I, I didn't really it's know a, I, didn't, I didn't think I was going to, you know, get hired. <laughs> yeah. Heaven forbid, you know. But. Well, and I think in this industry, we, we do this thing to people and we go, hey, you are a great DJ. Oh, my God. You have talent. You should start a business. Right. And so they have these people have these dreams in their mind about what being a DJ really is. And it's working when you want and charging what you want until you really get into the grind. And you see you're either going to be the entrepreneur dealing with all the stuff that entrepreneurs deal with the sales, which what maybe 25 percent is the actual product, maybe. Yeah. Or you go and you work for a company who you know, does all that for you, and then you just go out and do the stuff that you like. The other thing I was going to say about that is that oftentimes, like the this latest candidate, his biggest concern is that he, he didn't think that he could handle the mechanics of DJing, the physical queuing up a song and pushing play. And there are some things that, you know, if we were filling a position for a club DJ, okay, you need to have some skills in place first. Um, but I mean, that's not our highest priority. We want somebody that's going to present well, knows something about customer service, um, can and service our clients, and just be an adult and be responsible and take 
you know, you know, account, you know, take responsibility for yeah. your performance and your actions and all that, and and that's more important than whether or not you can cue up a song. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I we put, uh, I mean, for us, we put a lot more precedence on: Are you kind? Do you have integrity? Do you um, treat people well? All these things. Yes talent is a major factor and we're not going to have somebody who doesn't have talent but right it, talent seems to be pretty easy to find kindness integrity being on time you know doing what you say you're going to do yeah that's harder it is <laughs> that's it really much is. harder to find the and the talent also um for us anyway you know we can as long as we have the right candidate meeting all of those other criteria, we can get them to where we need exactly. them to be. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And one of the, the funniest things, it, it was for a, like a lower position DJ, but it was for a bowling alley. We do a thing every Saturday night for a bowling alley. And we oh, that's a, cool. We've yeah. been doing that for four years about. Mm-hmm. And um, so we trained this guy, told him exactly what was involved, and he went out on several sessions and... He's out on his first session, and I'm there checking him out. Um, and in the bowling alley, they built this stage over the lanes where, uh, like a band on a Friday night, would be set up on this stage yeah. out there on top of the lanes. Oh, so that's cool. it yeah. fits over two lanes, and you your bowling ball goes underneath the stage. Oh, that's cool. And um, and so you're kind of right out there in front of everybody, but yeah. that's you know that's what you do. And um, and he just wasn't doing anything he was he was playing some music but he wasn't talking wasn't making any announcements I'm yeah. like, so i had to you know and they have a red carpet out there you have to walk down the carpet so you don't slip on the floor right and so i walk out there to him I'm like dude what are you doing man why aren't you you know why aren't you making any announcements yeah um you know mike's right here it's like oh i hate that thing i hate talking on a microphone <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> this should have been a conversation that we had I'm before like, now <laughs> it's like then, you know, again, we tell you what's involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there needs to be personality. You need to interact and yeah. all of that. And I'm like, why are you telling me? It's, we've been at this for a month. Yeah. And you're telling me now. And it's like, oh, my God. But uh, it's a beating. You just, you know, you roll with it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you, you just do. go on. So you have been in the industry two or three months now because you're kind of new right uh yeah kind of <laughs> um so in the in the following comments you're very quickly going to realize how old i am and and how long i've been doing this but i can't do math so it's okay um so and and there's different branches of djing and usually there's three main ones there's Doing mobile work, uh-huh. like what we do. Uh-huh. Then there's club DJing. You go out to a club, you spend there two or three nights a week. And then there's DJs on the radio. And okay. so at a very, very young age, I had uh, a, a strong interest in DJing on the radio. Mm. And I would have my little tape recorder, and I would record the, the bits that radio DJs would do. And Chicago is where I grew up. And there was a lot of high-end radio talent. And so that's what I would do. And then when I was out of high school and I was 19, I had applied for a job um, at a famous station. It was the FM version of WLS in Chicago. And anybody that's ever been in radio knows how popular WLS was. 
and um, and I started as a morning radio show producer there, and then I did you know before I moved to Texas there was a couple of stations that I um, you know did some stuff on air for, but then you know I came down for my first full time radio job here. That's very that's very single focused of you to go. I want to be in radio, and you go get a job in radio. Yeah, I mean. It's, How do you elbow your way into a producer job? At, well, did you say nineteen? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it was that seems impressive. Is that well, it, and it's funny because my mother, it's like you know, I asked her to proofread my resume before I sent it off to this big radio station, and and she was very not supportive. She yeah. looked at it. It's like you know. Why do you think they're gonna hire you for this? <laughs> Gee, thanks, and, mom. and I sent it Your off. Mom doesn't even. Do yeah, that. it's like it's, I don't care what anybody says. This is what I'm gonna go and do. Oh, that's cool. And you and and I left the impression. It's like you know I you know I just want a foot in the door. I don't care if you have me take out the trash yeah. or whatever. But I'd like to come in. And so I pestered the program director of the station for a while, and finally he got fed up with me and he hired me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it was a great experience, but I mean, that has nothing to do with what we do now. But, you know, after I started in radio, I decided to tinker with mobile DJing. So there's two outfits, um, in Chicago that I worked for. Uh, the second one was a big, huge company called Pro DJs huh. and they had 70 DJs. Wow. Um, they were in Schaumburg outside of Chicago mm-hmm. yeah. and it was a, um, big, big operation, but it was records. You know, and a little PV amp thing. Um, but they would, man, they had so many events. And a training class there, I mean, you're in a room with 12 people. Wow. Um, and so then I, I moved to Texas. And, um, you know, it's like, man, that was fun. I want to do that again. Yeah. And I found Cutting Edge. Yeah. I responded to an ad. The owner at the time was Dave Cooper. Uh-huh. And he hired me in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was DJing. There's four or five other DJs, mm-hmm. and we'd go out, and it was out of his home at first, and he moved into an office. Oh, so he was really just getting rolling. Um, he had been rolling for ten years prior. Oh, ten years, okay. So our official history is Cutting Edge Entertainment was founded in 1976. Mm. No joke, um, by David Cooper. Yeah. And um, and then I started in. He brought the company to San Antonio from Houston in 1987. That's tough. And so I started with him in 1990. Okay. And then in, it was 1994 where he was just done. He, he was, wanted out. And I think my grandfather passed away, left me a little bit of money. So it was me, one other DJ, and a very, a very, uh, a very gracious banker that loaned us some money. Yeah. And yeah. we purchased Cutting Edge. Another person who yeah. gave you a shot. Right. Um, and so that's... You know, we started in 1994. We were making payments to the bank, payments to him. Yeah. He carried part of that note. We overpaid. We paid a lot of money for Cutting Edge Entertainment. Yeah. Um, and we probably could have done, you know, if we had started something on our own, it, it would have taken us three or four or five years to get it to, get that, to, that, to that level. Um, but that's what happened. That's what we did. Um, and we've tinkered with different things since then. Sure. Um, towards the beginning, we operated in Corpus Christi and in Austin. Um, and that kind of fizzled out. That was a lot of work trying to maintain operations in three cities. Seems like it would be. Um, and then in 2001, we bought our first limousine. And we, wow. we opened up Luxury Limousine. 
And of course, my luck, I bought a limousine six months before 9-11. So that wasn't a great time. We we held our one limousine, did that for two or three years. Mm -hmm. And then we added another limousine. And then we grew from there um, on up to like nine vehicles. Wow. And we had four stretch limos. We had two sedans, an SUV, and a van. Um, and we did, we were experimenting with corporate work and mm-hmm. convention groups and, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but it was a lot of work. It seems like it. And it was be. a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of, uh, you know, kind of nasty, bloody reflux things going on because yeah, of the stress. Yeah. Um, and then there was the, the decline in 2008 Yep. And it's like, man, I, I just don't know about this. Yeah, and yeah, I decided yeah. in in 2010, I decided, okay, got to make some changes. Yeah. Sold off all the cars, shut down luxury limousine, um, did some restructuring corporation-wise, yeah. moved out of our office, moved the business into my home, uh-huh. um, and stress level just tanked. It disappeared. Nice. Um, and, and, and so there are things that I learned from that that... I've changed in the way that I operate mm-hmm. um, that I'd love to you know share with people that ever get into that same situation um, and so but I still had a, a second job after we did that mm-hmm. um, and I was still in radio at that point too I, what do you mean you still had a second job well I, I had other jobs other than cutting-edge entertainment and you mean when you first got started not when you had luxury limos and yes all. Oh, yeah. you did yes oh holy cow so you know, it was just a lot of work. And so, you know, my radio continued and I started with, um, KISS radio. 99.5? 99.5 yeah. in 1993. Mm-hmm. And I went full time in 97, 98. Yeah. And I did nights. That was at the height of... Yeah, it was. Lyle they and were Han. big, big. Lyle and Han. Yeah. Lyle and Han, uh, CJ Cruz, yes. Kevin Vargas. Yes. And I did... And for one year, I did nights from seven to midnight. Those are all names from my high school age. That exactly, was, that was like what I grew up with. Yeah. Um, but so I did nights for a year. So I'd be all all day in my office, and then I'd go over there. Jeez. And um, but my, you know, my priority was with my business, mm-hmm. and it wasn't with the station. Sure. And they realized that, and they uh, let me go, allowed me to continue part time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happened like the the second day of that semester at UTSA. So, I you know after I sobered up from getting fired, mm-hmm. um, I went and signed up for classes, and I was able to finish my degree before the end of the millennium. I think I graduated December seventeenth of nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to finish that up before Y two K hit and before, had absolutely yeah. no effect on anything. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and so I was still part time with Kiss, and then I had my first. Well, it child. sounds like they appreciated what you were doing. It doesn't sound like it was bad blood there, huh? No, no. It's like, but when they, when they fire you in radio, you know, you show up to work one day and all your stuff is sitting outside the locked door, and, oh, the, and your geez. key doesn't work anymore. Okay. <laughs> That's typically how it works yeah. in, in radio. So when I walked in for my shift on a random Monday. They were like, okay, that shift you did last Friday, that was your last shift. Um, so there's no saying goodbye to my fans. I'm using air gotcha. quotes right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and so they wanted a period of time to pass before they 
offered me the opportunity to stick around on a part-time basis. I see. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll stick around. I, you know, I had grown up a little bit and it's yeah. like, okay, I understand. But I was also, uh, I had another job with a volunteer fire department where I volunteered as a firefighter and then later as an EMT. Jeez. And so I had an administrative job there that was getting to be 15 to 20 hours a week. My God, dude, where did you have time for any? Were you married? Um, I was married briefly for four years from 96 to 2000. Yeah. And then I was married again in um, 2008. Yeah. um, And still am. Um, Oh, congrats. Thanks. But the... That's that's time commitment. It is. Holy crap. Um, but the, the job that I did for the fire department, it was a very well-paying administrative job you. where I so handled, it was, worth keeping it was kind of like a comptroller position, handled all of their accounting and payroll and HR and all that. And, um, you know, and then I, I really, you know, I asked for more money one year knowing full well that they couldn't afford or meet that request. Yeah. And so I left there in 2014 and, um, and that sole decision really turned everything around, gave 100% to the business. When somebody would call up, I wouldn't quickly brush them off the phone and direct them to the website. I'd have a 20-minute conversation with them, yeah. and I'd have them booked by the next day. Yeah. Um, and that's what has been happening since then. And we've grown back to where we have a full-time operations manager. This is his office that we're sitting in. Um, And we're striving to move out of this, put us both back in the same office where we have a warehouse right there and our mail gets delivered there and we're not in four different locations. Um, So I'm I'm at my home right now, he offices here, our mail goes to a different location and our warehouse is somewhere else. Um, And we're so busy, so blessed, so you know, crazy right now that we just need to bring it all together and keep chugging forward. It's pretty better, much. better problems to have than the alternative. But yeah. Well, so I want to dig into because it sounds like you've you you obviously had tons of experience and you've kind of done so many different things to get to where you're at. But um, and we can peel this back in whatever order you want to go. But start with how do you find with the company that's not you are not the end all, right? I mean, the buck stops with you, but you're not every one of the talent and every one of the administrative, the one man, one woman band, you've right. chosen to go a different direction. How do you find your people? Um, our, our DJs here? Yeah, well, I mean, anybody that you pull underneath you and go, I mean, because you kind of have to hand the baton to them and go, you now represent yeah. our name. Right. Go, Please go do and do it well. Well, it's, it's always a challenge. Yeah. Um, you always have people that you think will perform the way you want them to and then they don't. Yeah. Um, so it's a never ending battle of of having the, the people. And I often said that there was a, a a thing where I was looking at moving back to Chicago with my first wife. Mm. And it's like if I go back to Chicago and I do this, I just want to do it for myself. I don't want to have employees and I don't want to operate this way. Um, but there are pros and cons to it now that I'm older. Mm. Um, you know, I just can't get out there every Saturday night and, and DJ. And yeah. we do events on Fridays and Sundays and Thursdays and, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, excuse me, it's a lot of work. Um, so I have to have a staff. Of course. Um, and, and, it's, and it's really good. And you'll see some of the other um, professional DJs in the market, mm-hmm. um, you know, Philip, et cetera. Yeah. They're getting older and older and older, and they're by themselves. What are they going to do when they just get too old? Yeah. You know? Um, so, you know, I think we have a really good setup here, but to answer your question, as far as how do we find people, 
like I said, it's a never ending process. We kind of flood, you know, a couple places with ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, you know, look at their application first, do background checks, do phone interviews, bring mm-hmm. them in for an in-person interview. Um, you know, talking to somebody on the phone for five or ten minutes does a lot for me because how they sound and how they project themselves on a telephone really indicates how well they're going to project themselves on a microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a phone interview is very valuable for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, that's how we, how we do it. And then um, the other challenge with that is now that they're here is retention. Mm-hmm. How to keep them happy so they stick around for a while. Of course. Um, if somebody comes in, it's like, well, I need to make some extra money for the summer. This isn't the job for you. Right. You need to go to Target or Chewies or wherever Whatever, yeah. and just go get a, a, you know, a, a job where we can show you today how to do this and then you're, you're off and going. Um, the position with us, it is a never-ending training process that, that goes on with our staff. Um, and that's usually what I'm doing on a busy Saturday night is I'm popping around making sure mm-hmm. all of our clients are happy and that our guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I could take down some notes and offer some, you know, I, I would hope that after, and I guess we never did the math, um, hope after 97, 07, 31 years, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of know what, I would say so. kind of know how to do it and more importantly, know what's important to a bride or client. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I can offer my suggestions and feedback and it's like, okay, you know, this, you did this pretty well. Why don't you try it this way yeah. and, and see if you get a better response. Yeah. And so we, you know, we hire people within the first month or so, we make them a good DJ. Mm. And then in the first six months, we hope to get them to be a better, you know, you know, better DJ. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, it's just making them an excellent DJ where the bride, when I go up to a bride at her wedding and said, you know, How's everything going? How's how's Tom doing? Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, man, he is fantastic. He is the yeah. only reason I'm sane today. Uh, yada nice. yada, and yeah. he goes on and on about how how awesome everything is going, mm-hmm. and that's really what I live for. That's the ultimate goal, right? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Um, I mean, we we say the same thing. It's it's I feel so connected to the artists that work for us and making sure they feel empowered to go do their very best, that they can't help but impress the brides, the grooms, the clients, whether it's corporate or birthday parties or whatever, because they're doing everything that their heart, their passion, their training is for, and not stressed about the 32 other things that you have to think about. Right. Um, well, so I'm curious how that translates to a client, bride or groom or whatever, because we have the same setup, so I'm very pro what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the people who are one man, one woman bands, mm-hmm. they sell very hard against this, against a multi tiered setup. Right. And I hear this all the time. Right. So I'm interested in your take because I I can sincerely jump on both bandwagons and go, yeah, I get it. I get why that would be more attractive to you, and I get why we would be more attractive to you. And I've just kind of put it in the, well, we're for some people and, and not necessarily for everybody. It depends on what uh, uh, offers the most security for them. But what do you, how do you handle that, and what's your thoughts on that? Well, the um, it's, it, it's all sales, mm-hmm. and I have never been a fantastic salesperson. Yeah, I mean, um, I would never have, you know, 
when I was much younger looking for jobs in the paper, there's all these jobs for sales. And I was right. like, I have no interest in that. Right. But when it's I your... I would starve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it's your product, um, you're, you as the owner of mm-hmm. our companies, we are the best person to sell that product. Mm-hmm. And as you get older and you get more experienced and you go to different events like the wedding MBA conference in mm-hmm. Vegas every fall, mm-hmm. um, you, you pick up on different tactics and you, and you learn those sales strategies. So when I'm sitting in front of a, um, a bride, for example, and their alternative to us is you know Joe Schmo DJ service. Mm-hmm. It's He's a one here. a one man mm-hmm. operation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what is the benefit of going with us? I'm not saying okay. I can see why you want to go with them um, because then you're only detrimenting yourself. Sure, you are wanting to say you know we have a fantastic product. Our model is is great, mm-hmm. um, and you. Those little things that they might lean towards the other uh, the other direction, you address those. Yeah, and it's like, well, you know, I'm meeting with you fine now, but you're not going to be my DJ, you know, nine months from now. Right. I want to see the DJ. Right. So my attitude now is like, absolutely, no problem. I can pick one of our DJs, and I can set up a meeting for you next week, and they will be your DJ. And then that satisfies the concern mm-hmm. or the big advantage of going with Joe Schmo mm-hmm. is because it takes care of that concern. Our biggest selling point with um, our business model and having a staff of DJs is is very impressive. It's you know what happens on your wedding day if somebody falls down, you know, right. if, if somebody gets sick, yep. if they have a uh, a car accident mm-hmm. or anything, family emergency. There was one year. It was New Year's Day, and uh, a DJ was calling me from the warehouse and said, Ron, um, I'm loading up the system, but I just got a, a phone call, and my mother just passed away. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And, um, and we had talked about it, and we had known that she had been sick for a while. Yeah. And I'm like, you need to put that equipment back, and you need to go be with your of family course. right now. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, somebody else leapt up, jumped into action, took that equipment, because he would have been a mess at that wedding anyway. Of course, anyway. yeah. Um, and so that's our, that's the advantage with us, is yeah. that if, if something happens, and it doesn't always happen, it might be once a year, out of 200 and whatever right. writings. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it does, you know, we got you. You're, you're never going to know that there was a problem yeah. other than the person that showed up is different from the person you spoke to earlier in the but week. But just perhaps. as well-trained and just as yeah. connected. Yeah. And, the, and the way that our, our paperwork and the, and the forms are that we have, any DJ that we can have can pick that up, look at a, a timeline, and inside of five or ten minutes, have a very clear understanding of what's expected from us. Yes, um, and be able to carry it on just as well. Because the selling point against that, if you need to step away, go ahead. No, 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 that's fine. The selling point against that is, well, they're so big, they can't connect with you as well. They can't, right? I mean, this is the sell. Um, I'm throwing this out because this is what gets thrown against me. Is, not not well, so what much. If you're not, what if you're not connecting to me? What if the what if the the work that you produce isn't the same as what I'm seeing? Because who knows who's going to show up to my and it's these kind of things that get thrown at me that I have to go. Well, first off, we're tiny. <laughs> we're just we're not saying we're not hanging out with a hundred people under us. I have four, you yeah. know, and that's who uh, the pictures are on our website. That's who goes to our events. We're not big enough for me to, you know, have my 
deep bench show up to your. But I mean, to me, it sounds like from what you're saying, it's a you sincerely believe that this is the best deal for the client. It's not like you're going, well, we're getting bigger because this is about the almighty dollar. It really is about the client. But see, you have to have that mindset. You have to, in order to properly and effectively sell, you have to be in the mindset that what you are selling is the best option for I 100% agree for, for yep. your client. Yep. Um, and we think it is. It's yeah. like if you know a bride gets starts getting stressed and they take a day off of work to take care of their wedding duties, their mm-hmm. chores that mm-hmm. they have, all the things that they have to do to to help with their planning. Um, you know, they want to know that they can get a hold of somebody. Mm-hmm. And that Joe Schmo DJ is probably at his full-time job mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. Can't yep very quite possibly can't answer the phone mm-hmm. during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tell all of our clients from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., you're getting a live person on the phone mm-hmm. and that can answer your questions and can help you. And, you know, you have a problem with, you know, you have a, a real dad and a stepdad and you're not sure how you're going to do a dance with each. Um, and you come to us and that's what we're here for. We can provide you with that guidance and then offer a couple of suggestions yeah. that's fitting for your situation and for your family. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, any question or any scenario, um, I have, a you know, after doing this for 30 years, I have a very good solution for, You've I can tell you, that, yeah. um, you know, the best way to handle this. Um, so what do you see when people come in here? I mean, I, I have not been doing this nearly as long. I've been, we've been open for 11 years. Mm-hmm. But even in my 11 years, mm-hmm. I can peg clients pretty quickly. And I know these cringy questions are going to come that show that they're just getting started mm-hmm. with planning. And that's okay. That's what clients, and that's why we're here to educate. But what are some of the questions that you kind of anticipate and hope that you can deal with and educate so that whether they choose you or not, they're going to make a good, educated decision. Um, and, well, as far as some of the questions, they're, they're very random. Some people will come in with their wedding magazine <laughs> mm-hmm. and flip to the article that says, here are 20 questions you need to ask your DJ. Ah, yes. And, and, and it's so funny sometimes because they remember the first two mm-hmm. and then... And I'm just like, okay, do you have any other questions for me? And then they flip to the page. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what do you do when a DJ gets sick? Yeah. yeah or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, and so there's, we have clients like that that really have no idea and they need that assistance. Yeah. Or the, the client that calls us and they say, well, um, I'm getting married in 10 months and I need a DJ. Yeah. That's all you got to say. We'll take it from here. Mm-hmm. Um it's like, I don't know what questions to ask. And yeah. It's like, well, I'm going to tell you everything that you need to know. Yeah. And you're going to have the answers to those questions that you yep. didn't know that you needed to ask. Yeah. Um, and then, and just like you said earlier, I mean, we don't ever want to, you know, shy people away from us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe we aren't for everybody. Maybe, sure. yeah. maybe the couple is really young. They're going to school and they don't have parents supporting them and they've got a limited budget and sure. they can't afford us. Um, and we tell them, okay, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We understand that you can't afford us. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't cut my price in half. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what I recommend. And I've done this several times. It's like, you know, when you're looking for, for DJs, here's what you need to do, mm-hmm. especially at that price point. The things that you need to do to make sure you don't get a lemon. Mm-hmm. You don't want um, your wedding destroyed because it was a 
a measly $200 price difference. Right. Yeah. Um, and here are the things that you need to, to look for. And, you know, even the online leads, we had somebody recently say, um, yeah, we just, you know, we're not interested. You're a little higher than what we can afford. Yeah. And I, you know, I took the time. I, I sent her a paragraph back. I said, okay, well, look at this mm-hmm. and, and look at different signs of stability mm-hmm. and check those reviews and, and do these things because, you know, and there's, it, it's mostly sincere when I say, I just want you to have a nice wedding. Yeah, of course. I don't want you, your day to be, you know, disastrous because you chose, you just chose the wrong vendor. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about DJs. And it's like, you know, if your chocolate fountain doesn't show up, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your DJ jacks things up, yep. you know, then it can easily destroy What's, your reception. That's one of the most important vendors on your day. That's your whole energy. That's what's going to keep It is. But we're, you know, when it comes down that. to the, you know, the pecking order and the, and the order in which brides will select their vendors, yeah. we're kind of down there. We're after the photographer, actually. Well, I would say so. Um, but there's the... You know, there's the dress and yeah. the the ceremony site or the yeah. venue and the catering, yeah. um, and we're above, you know, photo booths and, and we have photo booths also, by the way. But we're above photo booths and the limousine and maybe the videographer, um, and we're above other things. Now those poor bastards get the low yeah. end of the and there's well, and, super and that important. was that was the strategy with the limousines yeah. because. You know, you don't know that you want a limousine for your wedding until just a month or two before. But yep. if I'm meeting with you nine months ahead of time with DJ service, oh, by the way, we can throw a limousine in and create a package. Here's your price. DJ limo taken care of with one deposit. And that was a big selling point. Yeah, I bet. You know, I we bet. were at one of Bob's uh, bridal extravaganza shows. And, I mean, we did 27 deposits Jeez, when we geez. when we did it that way. Wow. We've never done that since. Yeah. Um, but in the heyday, um, and this was after 9-11, but, you know, it was probably the, you know, the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. 2006, you know, in that range. Um, and it just, it worked very well for us. Well, what are some basic things? Like, if you were, I, I tell clients when I talk to them as a coordinator is I tell clients to look for vendors who kind of ha- act as a coach because I like, I'm attracted to that. I don't want to just, I don't want to hear just about the product and I certainly don't want you to be smarmy. I want somebody that's going to go, Hey, if I was telling my little sister and teaching her how to find a DJ, this is what I would tell her. And that's the kind, and that's what the way you're talking is going Hey, this is what you're looking for, and what would you tell your little sister if they were looking for a DJ? Well, it's it's a lot of those things. It's like the things you just need to, to look out for. Yeah. Um, you know, the things to stay away from mostly. Yeah. But when you when you talk about coaching, I think there's a happy medium. Mm. Um, and I've met with um, couples before with their wedding coordinator present, mm. and their co- coordinator was dictating what. The bride and groom should have. Oh, no, no, no. You can't do that. You need to do this. Right. Um, And I'm totally against that. Me too. And that's the angle that, you know, that we take with our clients. It's like, you know, 
if, if you if you're looking for a suggestion on how to do something we will definitely provide that for you sure um, but this is your wedding you can you know so when we're going over a timeline and it's typically you know dinner cake toast first dance parents dances then a bit of dancing then you have dollar dances bouquet garter more dancing that's typically how it goes and that's what the process is that we recommend mm-hmm. but if you want to walk into your reception and start your first dance and then go sit down and have dinner absolutely God bless you why not yeah and so we will support and we will do and execute that timeline any way that you want it to be yeah um and don't you know but the the process i'm explaining to you it's my suggestion mm-hmm. what granbury hills tells you mm-hmm. that's what that should be what their suggestion is mm-hmm. and our suggestions might not match mm-hmm. it's your you know prerogative right. as the client as the bride to soak all this in and do what you want to do yeah yeah so the more people it i think there's so many different personalities and you have the people who they want to go meet with a couple folks and just choose from those one or two which is totally fine right i think if i was you know with my little sister i would go let's go meet with like seven or eight glean as much as you can, soak it all in, and then you can kind of compare. And, and just from what you're saying, you can get so many different suggestions, and then it's got to be, it's always an emotional buy. And I don't mean on on-the-spot emotional buy, but it's always going to be a how did I feel when I was with Ron. Right. Did he make me of feel course. like yeah he was putting a blanket around me and made me feel secure and made me feel like this was going to be a great decision, or was it weird and I'm going to go with somebody else you know that's always going to be the way it is and it, and it's it, it's really dependent on um, the type of service that you're getting for example for photographers you're spending most of your day with that person yeah. you need to get along with them you need yes. to agree with their um, you know their creative factor yes. um, and so there has to be that connection, just like it is with a DJ. Mm-hmm. But do you have to have that connection with your baker for your cake? Probably not. Yeah. As long as they can put out a good cake, you don't care if they're good with other people. Yeah. They're going to drop their cake off and take off. Yeah. So that connection really applies to a few vendors. It's huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know, in to answer your question about going out and seeing seven or eight different options for any vendor category. Mm-hmm. Um, that depends on how much time you have. And yeah. depends on the vendor category. I mean, True. like you said, I, you just need to go find a cake that tastes good and somebody that's been around long enough. And right. That's going to show up, not jack it up. And But um, for somebody completely uneducated in this, you and me know probably who we would go with and how we would handle it. But from mm-hmm. somebody completely uneducated in it, unless they're hiring a full coordinator, I mean, right. I would want... As much education. Yeah, a lot of it, 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 it boils down to comfort factor. Yeah. And so, I mean, if, if I was to suggest the same thing, I would say, okay, go select three people. And if you're just not feeling it with any of those three, go on go to on another next. three. Yeah. But, I mean, if there's somebody that really wows you, somebody that um, has convinced you that they can take care of your wedding day yeah. and not let you down... Mm-hmm provide a good service, be there when you need mm-hmm. them, then then that's, you know, mm-hmm. if, if that's the second person that you met, then save the time. Don't go see mm-hmm. the other six. Mm-hmm. You know, that's if, fair. If, right. if, you, if you make that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you always want to, 
you know, and this isn't how we sell it because we don't, if we're somebody's first phone call, we don't want them making that second phone call. Yes, well, of um, course. Yeah. But if it, if it was my little sister, yeah. if I had a little sister, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's how I would... That's how I would sell it. Is you want to look at a couple of different options, yeah, um, just so you can see what's out there and see the difference between DJ A, B, and C. Yeah. Well, and I have uh, there's 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 point A. I don't want the wrong client coming in my and signing a, a contract. But there's also the I think we do it. I think our clients have it pretty good. Mm-hmm. We do a good job with what we do. Right. And I think that if we are the first phone call that they make and they go, all right, yeah, that sounds okay, whatever. But if they go find plan B or C and then compare it to what we do, I think they're going to go, oh, shit, yeah, this is these guys are definitely the choice because mm-hmm. of all of the service that we offer, which is well above and beyond. Right. Show up, do the job, collect check. Right. Uh, and and hopefully you get good stuff. You get a good coordinator. You get good pictures. Whatever. Right. Um, which is pretty typical. Right. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just typical. And we bring so many things above and beyond. And I know you. And we've, you know, worked together so many times. I mean, everybody yeah. likes cutting edge and knows that it's a con- connected, like consistent quality product. You know. Yeah, I don't know if everybody likes us um but we're established yeah um and that's the thing um there's a um and i won't name his name but there's a photographer that went and expanded his business and he does all types of event planning mm-hmm. um he came south mm-hmm. um if you know who i'm talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. um and he and i would see him at multiple um networking events mm-hmm. Always very cordial to him. He mm-hmm. was cordial to me, mm-hmm. but he never liked us. Mm. He never, he never referred business to us at all. And that's, and I'm okay with that. That's yeah, fine. Sure. He's got, you know, he's got his couple of people that he uses. But out of the blue, we get a call from his office one day, um, and they needed somebody reliable. They needed somebody pretty quick, mm-hmm. um, and they they booked us for this event. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is sometimes the perception of others is like, yeah, we're you know. We might not be everyone's first choice, mm-hmm. but uh, when it comes right down to it, you know they know you know cutting edge cutting edge is here, mm-hmm. and you know if, if something falls apart on you, then you can come here and we got your back. Yeah, you're um, gonna do a good job. So oh, that's you know, huge. Yeah, and that and that really helps. Um, and this doesn't really apply to you know customers and brides um, because they don't necessarily know all of the different options that they have. But when it comes to other vendors and venue managers and, and things of that nature, um, everybody seems to have their, their favorite. And we know that sure. we're not going to be, yeah. yeah, we're not going to be everyone's uh, favorite, but there are a lot of them that prefer us and they know that, you know, we have a good service and they know that we'll take care of them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You are definitely recording, right? You need to check. I checked. We, to sit, we, to sit here for an you hour. don't mind starting over, do you? Yeah. So, Ron, how you been? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we're doing good. So tell we're, me about you. Yeah, we're right at 40 minutes. I was going to take it close to an hour if you're okay, but if you need to get out quicker. No, no, then... 12, 12 noon would be okay, good. Okay, that'd be good. All right, cool. Um, okay. Well, so let's say somebody wants to get in and grow up to be Ron Payne. How, looking, overviewing the last 31 years and going, I mean, how? what would you tell them? 
to do. I mean, because the, the layout, the culture is so much different now than it was three decades ago, too. As far as, you know, like choosing a career path or to... Yeah, if they want to grow up and, and, and be a DJ or own a company that well um, is in the DJ business. You, you really have to ask yourself, what are your, you know, what are your priorities and mm-hmm. what are your goals? And it's like, if I knew that that decision I made in 1994 to buy this company would have set the path for the rest of my life until mm-hmm. I retired. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have been a lot more cautious and hesitant about that decision. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, I got some money over here. Yeah, this should be fun. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give it as serious of thought that I probably should have. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that one decision, you know, wrote my ticket mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, well, and yes, you were in your early 20s or something? Uh, mean, no. Uh, for, um, I guess, 27. Yeah. Yeah, 27. Yeah. Um, and and there's so many different things that you can do. Yeah. And, and, I, and whenever somebody asks, or if it's a younger DJ that is struggling a little bit, I always tell them it's like you have to do what you love to do. Um, absolutely to and it and it sucks if you know you want to be an accountant um, and you have to go sit in a cubicle for nine hours a day mm-hmm. working on someone else's numbers every day mm-hmm. every year till whenever that's hard um, and you really really have to love to do that work mm-hmm. whatever you know whatever the job is you really need to like what it is that you do mm-hmm. um, and you have to realize how important you know, material things are to you and mm-hmm. making money. Um, you know, I'm never going to be super rich by running mm-hmm. a DJ company. Mm-hmm. And um, and I knew that. And although I have my degree, I can go and work for someone else and probably mm-hmm. make, you know, twice as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I am my own boss. Mm-hmm. I don't need to submit a vacation request hoping it's going to get, approved. you know, approved. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the... The one major thing is I do what I love, and mm-hmm. my my passion has shifted from DJing and music and parties and weddings into business, mm-hmm. and in having a staff and motivating a staff and training a staff and and providing a service and and getting kudos for a job well done, and mm-hmm. and the, it's the business aspect that I've really uh, latched onto. And when you have your own business. Um, I find that super fast. There's so few people in the world like that, Ron, who can be the talent and the creative and have a business sense. Exactly. And, that's, just, and that's why a lot of people, they don't, you know, they can be an excellent DJ, but they're not a good business person. They don't know how to to speak to people and to, you know, retain clients in, in the well, different Which things. is why it frustrates me that people, that there's any negativity going, well, I'm a great DJ, that's what I'm good at, so I'm going to go work for somebody who needs a great DJ. Right. Versus, but I also have to have my own thing going on. And, right. That's uh, just like, there's that's great. I am 100% behind anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, but if that's not your passion, if being a DJ is your passion, then be a freaking DJ. Right. You don't have to be an entrepreneur, and that's a weird thing to me. And I'm... I love what you said because I'm 100% with you. We When we made the decision to utilize other artists behind our work, uh, and we made the decision because of health issues, but when we made that decision, we had to change our heart. And now it is a, almost totally there to our passion is building up 
and empowering artists. And I will have happy clients right. if my team feels, uh, I don't know what else to say besides empowered, if they feel like their creativity is praised, if they feel like they're given the tools of their trade, if they feel like they're, you know, everything that it takes to, I'm going to put this in air quotes, manage a team of artists and creatives mm-hmm. because I, you can hardly manage a team of artists. You know, they have right, but you can you can still have place, somebody that's but, that has the that's an excellent photographer, very creative. You look at their po- portfolio and they're you know they got great shots and and everything. But if they don't understand everything that goes into taking care of your client, then they will fall short. And and connecting them with the with the client in advance is probably essential. I would imagine. Is it, is that what you do? Yeah. Well, sometimes if people ask, but honestly, we're so small. There's only a couple choices, and I usually some point at the event, every event that we do, that it comes to hand holding, so quinces and weddings and things right. like that. So if I go to the event and am the personality that they fell in love with in the first place, they just need the work that they also fell in love with. Right. Yeah. So, I, you know, we just, I'm not so big that, well, I have 20 events going on and on this weekend and I can't hit them all. I just, yeah. we're not that big. Right. And I have a couple events going on. I show up to both of them, handle all the... Connecting with vendors, connect with mom, connect with the bride, connect with whatever, yeah. and run the family formals and do all that. So they go, man, these guys are great. And people go, that's Derek. That's the one I told you about. And my photographers don't have to, they don't have to do the customer service dance. Yeah. They just have to live within their art behind their camera and not miss moments and think about all the million other things that it takes to be yeah. A photographer, yeah. and I, I've never been a DJ, so I can't get in your head, but I have been a coordinator, and I have been in the photography world, and I think there's a thousand other things that I'm thinking of on one side of my brain. And so to wake up the other side of my brain and do the customer service dance as well, mm-hmm. it feels like somewhere I'm going to miss out. I'm going right. to live within my creative world and maybe come off as a little bit of a dick, or I'm going to do the customer service dance and possibly miss a moment or miss a cue. Right. And so I just tell people, hey, my job is to make people feel good. I'm a relationship guy. I sincerely love people. And these guys are really good artists. So mm-hmm. let them do their thing. Let me do my thing and everybody will be happy. Good. And, it, and I think it's different for each different industry as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? yeah. Um, you know, for us, the, the DJ is so, their personality is, is so important on on what's happening i mean they have to have that communication with the bride and it's like our busier days i mean you know we're at four or five or six events you know and then not only that they're spread out Mm -hmm. um luckily sometimes everything lines up and maybe on one saturday i've got everything along i-10 i got somebody in bernie and at los encinos and you know maybe you know down at uh lock and terror somewhere Mm -hmm. um but you know sometimes it's it's bernie New Braunfels, Zaza Gardens, yeah. um, you know, Hidden Falls, and, right. and, and so I just prioritize and I adjust, and I can't make it to every event on sure. a day like that. Yeah, um, I imagine. But we, you know, a, a lot of our guys, I mean, you know, I can send them out with total confidence knowing that I don't need to show up to that. It's not absolutely necessary that I have to be at that event. Um, it's that West guy you got to watch out for. Yeah, you need to watch him. Yeah, Wes. Yeah, definitely. He's, <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting to find a you know 
a bad review. It's hard to get him. good help. I'm looking. Yeah, no, he's I'm waiting. Amazing. Okay, let's see if we can get a bad review. Yeah. From Wes. <laughs> you, and it just doesn't happen. Not everybody can't like Wes, but they um, do. He's likable as hell, isn't he? Yeah. Um, okay. Anything that you want to pitch, let people know where they can find you. Tell us a little bit about why people should come to you over those other guys. Joe Schmo, I believe, is your direct competitor. Yeah, we, um, you know, we kind of covered it all. Good. Um, the reasons for us is, and there was, I think we had, we had an acronym once where there were the three S's or whatever. Nice. And I think that was on our the video on our website, but it's it's mostly, um, I think it was S's it, size. Yeah. You know there are advantages. I know. hear that's not important. Is that not true? Uh, it's it makes a difference. You know when <laughs> it's enough. if you're having a little barbecue in your backyard and your DJ doesn't show up. Oh well, yeah. somebody go they go get their thing and they got somebody's got a Bluetooth speaker in their car or whatever. You can you'll make do. still you yeah. But not for your wedding. You yeah, don't want right. to jack with your wedding. You yeah. need a professional. Um, and, and the DJ I hired yesterday, he said he is um, getting married in November, and his sister is getting married in September. And they have slightly different views, but his sister is asking him to help uh, her out at, yes. at her wedding and sure. maybe play music and stuff. Like, dude, this is your sister. Yeah, you need to you be. Really want to be? Yeah, you, know, you don't. You should not be working your yeah. sister's wedding. You yeah. need to be. You know, put a drink in your hand, help celebrate yeah. her day. Yeah. Um, and so that was a you know a suggestion I have. You know, a lot of times when clients say, "Well, my my cousin is going to do this," sure. or you know, it's like let them be a guest. Yeah, you want to have a relationship with somebody where you have a contract, yeah. a piece of paper that says they will show up. On this day, at this time, yeah, um, and, and just leave it up to the you know to the professional. You, yeah. it, it's going to be so much easier. And plus, there's no chance that weirdness is going to overtake your relationship if they screw something up. Yeah, you know, then it's weird. Then what do you do? Yeah, and then it's just not awkward. only are you devastated because the product wasn't there, but then you I mean you have resentment and, yeah. and stuff, and that's yeah, just it's it's, it's very awkward, and it's bucks, yeah. it's just in. It applies so much for the type of work that we do is to just go get a professional if it's your wedding day. Yeah. You know, if, if, it's, if it's your seven-year-old daughter's birthday or, you know, even a graduation or some other, you know, event that's important. Right. Um, but not as important. Um, then maybe use those events for experimentation, mm -hmm. but not for your wedding. Yeah. So. So size and... Stability. Stability. Um, and I have no Don't idea. Don't remember what the other, what the other S is. The other one, That's S all right. Um, Does it have anything to do with you being so damn handsome? Do you throw that in your? Oh, uh, not anymore. I was telling Wes the other day that it's like you know a <laughs> DJ with gray hair. You know, it's not. That's not what and, people. And I meet some people at at national conferences, and they are in their seventies. Oh, jeez. They yeah. look like your grandpa. Yeah. And they're out there DJing every weekend. And it's like, you must be awfully fit. Because if I go and DJ an event on a Saturday, I'm a little sore Sunday morning. Correct. I, will you, I would have yeah. like eight hours on your feet or whatever, plus keeping up that energy and that adrenaline. And, and that's another selling point with us is that, okay, yeah, I've got my 30 years of experience, but I pass that along to yeah. a younger, more handsome yeah. you know, alternative to, yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, I share that constantly all you the time. You should have a calendar. 
the DJs of oh yeah of cutting edge. Well, when there's we, your next money. When maker. we have twelve winning DJs, then January through December, you we can, can take that. Put together, you can have that idea. Okay, take your shirt off, but keep your bow tie on. <laughs> I believe that has already been done. <laughs> but when you say as far as finding us, um, yeah, we spent quite a bit of money just on our domain name, I so imagine. to make it our name, yeah. um, cuttingedgeentertainment.com. Yeah, um, and it's long. But when they came up with our name back in the 70s, I'm sure that they weren't thinking about how long the name should be um, (laughs) and how long of a website domain it's going to be in 20 or 30 years. Yeah, probably not. That's just There were probably a couple of stoners in the 70s that's like, God, let's go DJ, man. Yeah. Cool. Bro. Well, so uh, you can find you online. Do you have a social media presence? Uh, rather active, yes. Nice. We're, we're very active on Facebook. The three big ones that we are on are Facebook, um, Instagram, and Pinterest. Nice. Um, we're not big tweeters. Yeah. Um, you don't do the tweet? Yeah, I don't do a... I'll leave that to Donald Trump, but um, you know, but yeah, we're we're on those three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Okay, um, I'll put I'll go find them and put those okay. in the show notes. Okay. Um, cool. Okay. I'm good. Awesome. Thanks. An- anything else you want to throw at me, or are you cool? No, no, it was all good. Thank you. Ron. I thought you were going to hit me up with some uh, really off the wall. Well, you know, I just wanted to be like a consultation. I just want people yeah. to get to know you. Yeah. And I mean, we have like, I want people who are listening, who are planning an event to go, well, he seems real. He seems mm-hmm. normal. He seems like just like an all around good dude. Right. And I want people who are trying to start their DJ business to have somebody to look up to. That's it. Right. Um, and, that, and that's the thing. If somebody is starting up, you know, all the more to them, um, but connect with other vendors. That's the main thing. Um, and and get to some conferences where you can actually how get you, some education. Like what's your? Uh, I'll, I'll be done with you. I'm sorry, but what, okay. what's your networking like? How do you? How would you get in and connect with people? Well, see, and that's the one of the things that I wish I. Isn't that intimidating when you're first getting started? Um, it is, but you just gotta put your big boy pants on and get yeah. out there and say hello, walk up to people and say hello, and that's easier for DJs. Um, but when you're a little, you, you kind of have a meek and mild personality. It's it's hard. Like a lot of artists do. Um, yeah. But but it's something you have to do, and it's something that I didn't realize until. Me neither. Just I mean, when I say recently, I mean four or five years ago. Yeah. And I mean, if I've been running Cutting Edge for 24 years, I mean the first 12 years, I mean we had our Yellow Pages ad. I don't want to talk to anybody else. Yeah. They could do their thing. I'm doing my thing. That's how we were. I yep. don't need to talk to them at all. Yep. Um, they are the enemy, yeah. and it's not—it's not like that anymore. That's yeah. um, good. You, it's a smaller industry. Yeah, you got to get out there. You have to talk to people. You never know when you're going to be in a bind, and maybe somebody can help you. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's a, there's a lot of advantages to that, and then just getting to the you know wedding MBA is such a fantastic conference, and mm. and learn, you know, as we get older, you know, we're still trying to communicate with a 28 year old female. Um, and that is constantly a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've spoken with photographers in the past, and they're in their 50s and 60s. And they have got all this experience. They provide an excellent product. But they're falling behind that 28, 30-year-old photographer. Of course. Because they can't connect. Yeah. And they refuse things like social media, much mm-hmm. less. You know, I'm, I'm sure everybody has a website now, but... You know, they just can't, you know, you know, play on the same field mm-hmm. as somebody that's much younger and knows how to communicate. All right. Man.
Thanks so much for listening to the Hub Podcast today. Go online and check out Cutting Edge and all of the resources they have to offer. All of their contact info will be on the show notes for this episode, which is on our blog on the website at www.momentsmilestones.com. Click the blog link at the top right-hand corner of the site and look for the Hub blog post. It should not be hard to find at all. Listen, we really want to hear from you. Uh, I'm going to be releasing a short in-between interviews podcast next, where I'll be addressing some feedback and some questions you guys have sent me about the podcast. So while you're on the blog, send me a note or some questions. You can leave it directly on the blog as a comment. You can IM us straight from our website. You can text me or email me. All of these things can be conveniently done from our website. You don't have to look hard. Seriously, we want to hear from you. We make it so stinking easy to get in touch with us. So take advantage, please. Okay, that's it for today, gang. Y'all have a great week. Until next time, cheers, everyone.